Electronic Specifier. Hello and welcome to the last in the second series of podcasts from Electronic Specifier Insights. Wrapping up series two will be Jamie Lung, Product Manager for a family of network analyzers at Roden Schwartz. Users often rely on network analyzers and calibration kits that have been calibrated annually. However, as Jamie will explain, this only guarantees certain parameters and the overall measurement accuracy can be influenced by a variety of factors, including the addition of test port cables and adapters, measurement drift due to temperature changes and wear and tear to calibration standards. And these are to name but a few. So, Jamie, first of all, welcome to Electronic Specifier Insights. Hello, and thank you for inviting me onto your podcast. Um, I think to, to kick off, uh, I think if you could explain for our, for our listeners a little bit more about your role at RNS and uh, a little bit more detail around around that introduction and what you'll be talking about today. Sure, thank you. So I'm an RF engineer at Roder & Schwartz. I've been with the company since 2003. My, my job entails uh, product management, or I'm a product manager for, as you quite rightly say, the, the family of network analyzers and with that really I'm responsible for bringing products to the market making sure that we have the the right application support educating our customers and and, and just really getting the most out of the product so that uh, our customers are happy with, uh, with with their purchases. Sure sure and yeah so a little bit more about the topic in the intro there and and, and what you'll be talking about today. Yeah sure so what I want to discuss really is, is the whole topic about uh, measurement uncertainty when it comes to calibration with a network analyzer. So network analyzers themselves are, are rather different from other test and measurement equipment in that generally we don't just turn them on, connect something and, and then make measurements. There's, there's, a, there's a precursor to getting to that final stage. Uh, and we have to make sure we set up the instrument correctly. And, and then once we have everything, um, it, the, it, in, in the, um, that, that satisfies the, um, the settings that we want, then we have to go through and perform some level of calibration so that we, we get a, a, a level of um, confidence that uh, the measurement we're going to make are, are going to be accurate. Now, the, the, the problem with that is that to, to do that, we're relying on the, the instrument calibration itself, plus also the calibration kit or the uh, calibration unit, if we're going to use an automatic one, to perform the actual correction. And there's lots of things in between there that, that can add to measurement errors, uh, which ultimately would then give you a level of uncertainty when you're displaying the end results to your customer and and with that you don't really know whether the product is within the specification that you're designing it to to be in i see i see and i think it's, it's sort of generally knowledge that the the drive to correct errors should should come from the top down from from management and sales and customers etc so there seems to be a danger of you know not invented here i guess in, in inverted commas so so right now who is telling who that there's a problem well, that's a good question. So in a lot of cases, certainly when you look at um, uh, larger customers that would be delivering hardware, um, especially in the aerospace and defense industry, they're mandated to, to follow a defined process where they have to publish what the uncertainty calculations are along with their measurements so that their end customer can be confident to know that when a device says it performs to X specification, they know that due diligence has been done to, to make sure that measurement result can be relied upon. When we start to move sort of lower down the, the curve, this is where problems can arise because 
customers that are used to making devices maybe at lower frequencies let's say the traditional cellular bands around sort of two or four gigahertz that there's a lot of flexibility and leeway here with with the measurement margins and these potential errors that that come into the calibration so you can have a fairly high level of confidence that you can measure something and your device will be you know about right and and, and not have to be concerned about what the uncertainty would be but as we start moving higher up the frequency spectrum certainly considering the, the the emerging 5G frequencies, then that's where we're getting much closer to the specification of the device and all these unwanted errors uh, start creeping into the to, to the measurement that, that causes the, these, these uncertainties. And now what we have to do is really consider these uh, and make sure we do the right things so that we can be confident or the customer can be confident that their devices are performing to the required specifications. I see, I see. In today's interconnected world, we are exposed more than ever to threats to our technology, data and identities. Security in 5 is a daily podcast focused on today's security risks, but in a way where everyone can understand it. Each five minute long episode is an easy way to be made more aware of those risks around us every day. The more aware you are, the more secure you can be. Check it out at securityin5.com. And if test engineers themselves are made aware of the issues, how can they quantify the drift and errors that could result in the period between calibrations? Yeah, so in the past, there's always been a a kind of process where customers would just periodically recalibrate their measurement setup. Um, so if we take a continuous production environment, then you'd have a network analyzer, some cables and accessories and then the cow kit connected to the device under test and maybe the policy would be that they would recalibrate the whole setup uh, at the start of every day and then um, they would just go through the rest of the day on the next shift or beginning of the next day they'd then recalibrate again and the problem with that is it's, it's a bit of a brute force technique is that you don't really know whether that calibration was really necessary or not and network analyzers these days are becoming far more stable and uh, they have less less measurement drift. So it's not always necessary to have to recalibrate so regularly. But a, a better way would be to calibrate the instrument and then rather than recalibrating periodically would be to actually do a verification measurement and, and, and compare that to a set of known results. And from that, you can determine whether the instrument is still well calibrated or whether it's now time to redo the calibration process again. And, and the issue that we have, if you just keep repeating calibrations, is that calibration standards and calibration kits are not cheap. So if you're connecting and reconnecting these every single day, uh, the chances are that you know, you're going to impart wear and, or excessive wear and tear on these connectors. And so they will have to be replaced at a, at a much quicker cycle. I see. Sure, sure. And can you explain a little bit about uh, VNA tools? And um, are there any numbers on how VNA tools calculation engines can save time and cost by eliminating unnecessary recalibrations? Sure. So so what we've done at Roder and Schwartz is we've taken a an uncertainty calculation tool which was developed by the Swiss Metrology Institute, METAS, and, and this is well accepted uh, in, in the industry, and, 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 and their calculation and the maths that go behind 
the the uncertainty uh, calculations are all well published. So so we haven't tried to reinvent the wheel. What we've done is we've taken uh, a well accepted industry standard and we've incorporated that directly within the, the user interface, the, the firmware of our network analyzers. So we take that very difficult process of calculating these measurement uncertainties and, and make it very simple to the end user because now having this embedded inside the network analyzer means that when they perform the or when the user performs the calibration they instantly get information about what the level of uncertainty would be on the measurement so as, as they're measuring their, their uh, trace responses insertion loss return loss whatever it might be overlaid onto the measurement trace are some error bars to indicate the level of confidence so they now know that their device is certainly well within the specification bands that they would be wanting to deliver the device against. So that's the first step is to actually give knowledge about the measurement uncertainty. The second step is that we can also then perform a verification measurement. So by using standards that are different to what were used for the calibration process, so we have verification standards, then periodically the user can then measure one or more of these standards, and then they will be presented with a measurement trace on the network analyzer, which is overlaid with a previous measurement that was done at the Metrology Institute or at the Calibration Center for those verification standards. And then from there, they can make a judgment that yes, the instrument is well calibrated and the results can be relied upon or that something has drifted, the cables uh, are no longer performing the way that they should or, or, or whatever other influence there would be. And then it's time to recalibrate or to, to look deeper into the measurement setup. Sure, sure. And you mentioned the, the Metas in your last answer there, but obviously the, the, they're not the only metrology institute. So are there other organizations offering a similar solution to, to V&A tools? And if so, what, what are the key benefits or, or the USP that it were of, of what Rotor and Sports are doing? Yeah, sure. So you're right that uh, there are many organizations that, that create uncertainty uh, calculation or uncertainty measurement tools, and, and not just for network analyzers, for, for lots of other test and measurement equipment as well. The, the difference here is that um, the tool that Metas has provided, that this is over 10 years of, of development now that's gone into this, uh, and they actually provide this tool uh, to other metrology institutes worldwide as well. So they, they accept that the, the calculation and the mathematics that are used within this are, you know, are correct and, and that they perform the, the task at hand. So rather than uh, you're trying to redo their their own thing, then this is just freely issued um, uh, from the Metas organization. So other customers just openly use that. And, and not just other institutes, also other test and measurement companies as well. Okay, okay. And do other components and devices have the same issue where a similar approach can be applied to other test and measurement scenarios? Yeah, not in quite the same level of uh, accuracy that is normally required with network analyzers. So the, the issue when we're using a network analyzer is that what we're trying to do is get a very accurate knowledge about, let's just take a two port device, like a filter uh, or amplifier or something like this. Um, so what we want to do is characterize that to create a, a model, if you like, that fully describes the behavior of that device. And we want to be able to do that with, with very accurate 
knowledge at the input and, and, and the output. And, and network analyzers allow us to perform that task. When we think about measurements like with a spectrum analyzer, or, or using sort of signal generators for stimuluses, uh, we don't have that same level of absolute accuracy where we're looking at maybe, you know, better than sort of tenths of a dB uh, in terms of transmission coefficient uh, and, and so on. So it can relate to some of the other test and measurement equipment, but it's normally the network analyzers, the ones that are really pushing that, that last sort of 10% of accuracy down onto your device. Sure. Okay. Okay. And just out, out of interest, does, does the parameters around accuracy for network analyzers does it does it vary from those requirements? Does it vary from industry to industry? Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you've got devices which are obviously, uh, if we're further towards the kind of innovation end of, of technology, um, then you're pushing more and more out of that device. So if we if we take kind of GAN power amplifiers that would use be used for front-end modules for a 5G uh, radio front-end, um, then these are really pushing the limits for absolute power uh, and efficiency and things like this. So that means that when you're measuring these, let's say with the network analyzer, you're, you're much closer to that specification line. So you have less margin of error. Whereas if you're just measuring uh, an antenna performance that will be used for an IoT device or something like this, then the specifications are far more lax and, and you don't really have to worry too much about what margin of error you have and whether the uncertainty is coming into play and maybe causing the device to, to fail. Okay, okay. Well, thank you, Jamie. That is all we've got time for for the moment. But uh, just as a heads up to all our listeners, Jamie has written an article about uh, all about this topic, which you can access on the podcast page on electronicspecifier.com. So please be sure to to check that out. But um, for, the, for, for now, thank you very much, Jamie. Thanks, thanks very much for your time. Thank you, Joe. Electronic Specifier.